Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm your host, Natasha. And I'm her assistant, Moshe. And we got a letter. We got a lot of letter over here. So w- once in a while... We got a letter we want to read. Once in a while, our, ri- our listeners write in with their concerns, comments, questions, uh, propositions. I've been propositioned a lot. I actually got addressed to my house a 52-page uh, like philosophy from a prisoner. Oh, that's kind of a comfortable feeling. Yeah, that was... A, and I started reading it, and it was sort of like the ramblings of a crazy person. It didn't reach you? It didn't resonate with you on any level? No. Do you have any highlights? Do you remember? Well, I don't want to shout it out. Oh, okay. But you did just <laughs> shout it, it out. But it definitely had... He There was a philosophy with a name. You know, right now, somewhere... And he kept signing his name to it. In a cafeteria in Pelican Bay Prison, <laughs> there's a group... There's 10 prisoners <laughs> sitting around, and one of them is... They're all listening to the Endless Sunday Moon podcast, as they always do. And one of the guys is like, she got my letter! I wish it was an email and not addressed to my home. Well, the internet access at the pri- in the prison system is spotty. As they say. All right. Well, here is a letter that came to our email. This is the right way to send me a letter, everybody. Not, not to a, my home address that is not public. Not a handwritten screed that says the star Natasha Legere. That was the, it was addressed to the star Natasha Legere. Oh, man. I should have kept that part. I like that. Dear married couples, you two are wonderful. It says dear married comedians. Oh, sorry. Dear married. I mean, you're reading someone's letter. It should, you shouldn't change it, right? I mean, I made a mistake, honey. But Sorry. I, you know what I, I love about you hmm. is that I can always count on you to point it out. You're welcome. On this holiday t- spirit. No, n- nothing gets, l- no st- stone left unturned. Yeah, no mistake left behind. Yeah. <laughs> Dear married comedians, you two are wonderful and I truly believe provide a necessary service that models the nuanced and varied tools relationships rely on to succeed. Well, I couldn't agree more. You want to do the next line? Sure. Um, well, this is all to one per. This is all one person, though. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm a 57-year-old Italian dad with sons about to leave the nest. I've been married 24 years. Moshe has modeled a lot of positive <laughs> behavior for me on how to manage an independent and strong-willed. Uh, I think the subtext there is biatch <laughs> spouse. My wife's a handful too, in a good way, like you, Ms. Legero. <laughs> this is This feels like an attack. Yeah. Okay. Or perhaps not written by a fifty seven year old Italian dad, 
but perhaps by a early, uh, let's say early 40s Jewish dad posing as a 57-year-old Italian dad who actually co-hosts a podcast with you and pretended, took on an assumed identity in order to write this letter. All right, well, you can do the hold next Hold on, one. I, I also want to say that... Uh, uh, yes? All right, never mind. What? No, I'm just saying like a lot, like my fans on the podcast are like all the young girls, like all the And mine are cool, all the older dads. Yeah, the people who are like old still stuck in this like old, like man should be in charge type of thing. Well, okay. I, I don't know where you're getting your demographic. Did you do some sort of census on who it is that you're I did are? actually. Yeah, okay. All right. With Harvard. Go. You worked with Harvard uh -huh. on a census for this podcast? Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead. Next uh, line. I'm going to like Why are you part. making me write, read this? Okay, I'll do it. I write supporting Moshe. In his effort to bring the no-name, I think he means our child, to Burning Man. I have never gone, so this isn't about burner lust. It's about historic resolution. Okay, I'm, I like that you supported me. I'm losing you here. I don't know what that means. <laughs> All okay. right, you read the rest of this. Women have wanted men to step up slash... This is like straight up incel, <laughs> incel writing. Hey, these are your fans. This is who you were sticking up for. Uh, these are our fans. He said, you're both wonderful. And I believe provide a necessary service that models the nuanced and varied tools relationships rely on to succeed. So let's see what tools he's garnered from this podcast. Women have wanted men to step up slash participate and share the role of nurturing caregivers since the equal rights movement of the 60s. I sense Moshe, like I did, takes his role as a father with integrity, honesty, and energy. He seems like a really great dad. Would you agree so far? Yes, you are. The no-name is incredibly lucky for his clarity, sobriety, and his modeling of love for the women, the Italian and his mom. Who's the Italian? Wait, the modeling love for women, the Italian and his... Oh, both you and my mother. The, oh, my two okay. lovers. The two women that I have uh, relations with. <laughs> okay. Both you, the Italian, and my mother. Ms. L., your resistance feels like reverse patriarchy. All right, buddy, you're fuck you've lost me, dude. First of all, it's so funny. No, these are the types of people that think you should bring a kid to Burning Man. <laughs> First of all, it's so funny that he identified himself as a, as an older Italian man. And then towards the end of the letter, he's like, "What this is is clearly reverse sexism." Okay. You Ms. don't you don't want to finish it? Yeah, I'll finish it. Ms. L, your resistance feels like reverse patriarchy. What would that be? matriarchal mania all right dude you are so this letter is coming off so unlikable i and not actually helping me get my kid to burning man do you honestly believe moshe wouldn't be completely devoted to the safety and enjoyment of the no name above even his, above even his own this is a life-affirming memory in the making of a daughter and her father i ask you to be open and not clip block the possibility. <laughs> this is the first time I've heard clip block. I like that part. He, he got me at the end, actually, with clip block. Don't clip block me, honey. Did he make that up? Yeah, I think he must have. With love and consistent laughs, R. Well. Because at first I was like, Clint Black. Like, <laughs> with I, love well, and Clint Black. <laughs> well, I was like, what is he saying at the end here? I was trying to scan it to make sure. We don't always read these things before our producer gives them to us. But you know what? I don't. That is an interesting angle that the fact that you aren't letting me take our child to Burning Man is in is actually reverse sex. It's actually sexist. No, clip block is when you like care more about the safety of your child. Listen, honey, I agree with him in the... the I really agree with him here. Um, uh, it would be a life-affirming memory in the making for a daughter and her father. It, I do believe that part. That if Yeah, I, but maybe then she'll like join a circus when she could have like done something better. Better no, than joining a circus? No offense. What could be better than joining a circus? Um, I don't know. Being a lawyer. <laughs> I, we did just go to her being, holiday. I think actually being a yoga teacher might be a little better than being joining the circus. I just We just got back from her holiday pageant fair at, our, at her school, and it was very beautiful, but I did have a thought. I thought, you know, I think maybe she's going to not go into stagecraft. I think it's possible that her destiny lies somewhere else. Well, maybe we shouldn't push that. I, de I certainly don't. You're the one that's always taking her to auditions. <laughs> I don't take you her. What are you doing? Oh, Natasha, my God. Natasha, are you joking Mosha, right now? Are you, I do not take her to auditions. You're, I, you're literally, the only thing I've done is gotten her a piano lesson. You're literally constantly driving her <laughs> to commercial auditions. Every single day you take Mosha. her out of school and drive her to commercial. <laughs> she just did a Cialis commercial. Are you kidding? <laughs> All right, she doesn't take her to auditions. I admit, but I do I get her it. piano lessons because I'm like always wanting to like. I see her as a songwriter. I can see that. That part I see. 
She's like going to be Sia. But, but not with, a performer? I, I think she'll be Sia, but without the turn when she did um, um, the wig on her face umbrella thing where she's like, Sia must be Sina. Well, she, she did this thing that was really upsetting to me and Moshe, and it was the grand finale of the pageant, which right. she's is... She's Sig Heiled. She, and we asked her not to do that. No, she had the song memorized. Like she was just yeah. singing it all the time for two weeks. It's actually really long. Yeah, it's like a Randy. I Newman couldn't song believe almost. she knew every single word. And then as soon as it started, she put her hand in front of her face so we couldn't see that and she wasn't. Singing. She just didn't sing. <laughs> didn't sing, and then kind of mumbled like one right. verse. She is in kindergarten, but she's also grounded. No, she's grounded, and we're not. But, she's grounded. For the rest of for the entire winter break because she didn't sing. She's, she's not. That's also a joke. But I guess I'm asking out there if anyone knows. Is it age appropriate for it to all just? Course. You think? Must be. Yeah, I saw. A kid. She was like she knew the whole Here thing. Here was a good thing. I saw her mumbling and not singing. I go, damn it! And then I looked over and there was a little boy picking his nose and eating it right in the spotlight. In the spotlight, <laughs> and I thought, you know what? It's a spectrum. You know, <laughs> like. Uh, yeah okay I but wish most of the kids were singing but it could be worse well she could have been out there like trying to do a little jazz and get the be a star that would have been nice but that didn't happen but she also wasn't in front of a, a hundred people and the entire school picking her nose and eating it like it's a spectrum and she's right <laughs> in the middle and i feel okay about that <laughs> natasha i'm in a bit of a rouge well, okay, yeah let's go let's do it let's let's do these dang um we got some dang ass callers and I'll try not to clip block with my motherly ways. Well, That's I'm funny, just, like cock blocking. I'm just a 57-year-old <laughs> Italian, and all I'm saying is you take the girl to Burning Man, and if not, you know what that is. It's just classic reverse sexism. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh? New year, new you, new gut, no poo. You know, you laugh, but gut health is very important, Moshe. I don't laugh. I take it seriously, too. And so do the people at Ritual. They have made a three-in-one supplement. It's just a daily supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Why Ritual, Natasha? Tell the folks why you love it. Well, I love the daily three-in-one prebiotic and it... And probiotic and postbiotic. With two of the world's most clinically studied probiotic strains to support the relief of mild and occasional bloating, gas, and my un Uncle D. Uncle Dida. And I wouldn't even say you had it occasionally. Oh, my God. I would say I would call it constantly. Here's the thing. Postbiotics provide fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. There's a delayed release capsule designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract. All in one minty capsule. No refrigeration needed because here's what happens. You put your stuff in the refrigerator, then you forget to take it. Yep. And then you only take the stuff that's out or you leave it out and then it gets old and stale and you can't take it. And then you just never take vitamins. And Ritual's been tested, rigorously tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals. Now, when it comes to my music choice that I play to my daughter every morning getting her ready for school, yeah, I want heavy metal. But when it comes to my three-in-one gut health supplement, I don't want no metals. Ritual supplements are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen-free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. Ritual is also female-founded. It's a B Corp that's female-founded. And what is a B Corp? It means that they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also to the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 40% off your first month for a limited time at Ritual.com slash honeymoon. This offer is available only through January 31st. You got a month to get on it. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's Ritual.com slash Honeymoon for 40% off and get your gut in check. All right. Calling now is Lucy from St. Louis. Lucy from St. Louis. Lucy from Louis. We've got Lucy on the line. Hello, Lucy. How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, we're wonderful. How can we help? Um, yeah. So, um, like you probably said, I'm from St. Louis and, um, my mom just announced that she's going to be moving here sometime in the next six months. Um, and I know that you guys went through that with your mom, Moshe. So I wondered if you have any advice, any, um, 
I'm especially looking for like how to set up some boundaries because we haven't lived in the same place for the last seven years. Um, so I thought I'd ask. Natasha, this is all you. So this is <clears throat> your mom? My mom, yeah. And you're married? Uh, no, I'm, I live with my partner of the last four years. So and he, I, and no, no kids? No kids. And how often does he want to see your mom? How often do you want to <laughs> see your mom? It sounds like these well, boundaries are for you more than like him. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, um, yeah, we, we don't talk to my mom that much. Like I probably, I appease her by calling her like once every one to two weeks, but honestly, it's been really good for our relationship to have this distance between us. Um, she's like, I'm going to be taking that distance away. <laughs> right. Like she's, she's already like, I really want to get to know your boyfriend a lot better. And like, how, how do I, I do not like this. Up? Yeah, I, me either. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I can't control it. Like she's moving here and I don't have control over that, but I am looking for advice on how I control like my reaction and, um, just setting some, some physical boundaries even. Are so. you uncomfortable that she's coming? Do you wish she weren't? <laughs> um, I mean, part of me, yes. Cause she's been dangling it in front of me. Basically she grew up here and we have a lot of family here, so mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. And the main reason that she wants to move back here is to take care of my grandparents who do mm. need help. So, like, I, I can't say no, but, right. like, also, yeah, personally, I don't really well, the want good, her the, here. <laughs> so the good news, Lucy, is that she has a lot to occupy her. True. That's what I've trying to been like, focusing on. I mean, she's got an, an elder to take care of. She's... You know, this whole I really want to meet your boyfriend. like And get to know him much, <laughs> much better. It was, there were so many qualifiers. Yeah. Really want, get to know much Ooh, better. Well, I have the perfect thing. I have the perfect thing for that part. For managing your own relationship with her, that's something you got to work on. But for how much she's around your boyfriend, you can be like, listen, mom, you know, and, until I really know who's going to be the one, like, you know, I just don't want to get to, mm. like, you have a great excuse in that. And you don't have to tell your boyfriend that, but like, I'm assuming that your boyfriend doesn't really want to hang out with your mom that much. No, he doesn't. And she came to visit like six weeks ago or something. And um, they ended up getting kind of stuck together outside talking for a while. And <laughs> she's just a chatterbox. And she'll like really talk about anything for as long as anybody's listening. So he's already experienced her quite a bit. And like we both know kind of what we're getting into with that. You I could ask him, you could say, honey, do you think like <clears throat> when my mom moves here, I'm just curious, like how often, like if she came over for dinner once a month, would that be cool? And you don't have to yeah. say the words once a month to her, but you can schedule it a very, you know, concentrated night. Like if you guys do just Shabbat or whatever, Sunday night spaghetti Here's night. the problem with everything you're saying, Natasha. What? All of this would be great advice if it weren't for Lucy's last name. Now, knowing Lucy's last name, I'm getting a bit of a picture of what this mom might be like. So you're saying Jewish mothers are overbearing? Well, I mean, that is a Your philosophy. mom's not Jewish and she's overbearing. My mom is Jewish. I uh, mean, she's not like, <clears throat> she converted. Right. It, what you're saying so perhaps, is about... Perhaps she converted into the... Uh, but she is a bit, and, and in fact is a bit overbearing. But but the, the point of all of this is that it is, it's... I have a feeling your mother will react very negatively to any overt boundaries set. Is that correct? I th yeah. Basically, I've been able to set some boundaries with her without saying that I'm setting those boundaries. Like, I'll only call her when I'm on my way somewhere. So it's like, you know, a set amount of time. So that isn't really going to work here. I'll, I will also say that she has already asked how much we see my partner's family. Um, so I answered that with, we see them, you know, about once a month. So I think like along those lines, she's oh, that's kind of perfect. Already, that was really yeah, smart. Of already you. Kind of Do they live here? Like yeah. They also live here. Do you in fact see them once a month or is that a lie? Yeah. Like, yeah. About once a month. I, this is yeah. how I think you should, where is she moving from? She's moving from Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I grew up. You should obviously just move to Phoenix the day she gets to St. Louis. <laughs> it seems like such a clear path for you. So you just switch spots. Yeah, yeah just perfect. swap. I think, I think that, what do you think, Natasha? Well, it's, it's, tell them what you did. Well, I, first of all, I will say it's so interesting to, you know, if you did have kids, this would be great. Right. Because yeah. she's actually going to be giving back something. You know, she, you, you could like have a place you could drop your kid off 
forever, you know, in emergency or once a week or whatever. So I'm just saying it's like without the kid, she's kind of useless. So I just think you have to be very uh, strategic, strategic and firm. And, you know, ask your just so your boyfriend's not annoyed every day time she's over just just maybe speak to him and say you know would if I invite her over once around once a month and I'll and then you go see her more than that you go have a coffee with her go come to her house maybe once a week you have to to decide what's your sweet spot how often do you think you need to see her well um she she's moving here like I said for my grandparents mostly and I see them probably every other week so I would also be happy to see the grandparents and my mom together in some form of, you know, check it all off at once. This is how, okay, like your mom sowed the seeds of guilt. That was what she was doing when she said, how often do you see your partner's family? And you did very, you were very wise. You said once a month. Now, what you should do is you should sow the seeds. You should get in front of the guilt by saying, I can't wait for you to get here. I want to, I want us to do month. Do you, would Shabbat dinner be a thing? Maybe the, the trick about that is I um, I work at a synagogue, so okay. Fridays. Are okay, whatever it is, you get ahead of it and you say, "I want us to. I want us to do first Tuesday of the month, mom mm-hmm. dinner at our place." It's as if you're you've been thinking about nothing but the strategy. Uh, like you've been thinking about nothing but spending time with her. So you're like, I got this great idea. Every first Tuesday, you're going to come over for tacos. You know, St. Louis is known Every for its tacos. Every first Tuesday on the odd months I'm just saying, of like, the lunar cycle when it's the, the new moon, yeah. Yeah. you'll never have to if see you, her. If you get in front of it and say it like you've got this really exciting um, opportunity for you guys to hang out, but it's only once a month, she might be so overwhelmed by the gesture that she won't pay attention to the, uh, the, the actual scheduling and how often it occurs. It's unlikely that she will miss that. But Also, there's that thing called chunking where you like do a couple things mm-hmm. at once. So like, you know, maybe some you could kind of target a few things that might be good to do with your mom. Maybe she likes to grocery shop. Maybe she wants to come with you to this. Like maybe she'll drive. Maybe, I, I don't know. Like... Try to think of a benefit, you know, something she's good at that you guys like to do together, almost like you're dating or something. Here's what I <laughs> what happened with my mom when she moved to because my mom lives around the corner, and Natasha right. was really concerned that she'd be over here like knocking on the door every morning at eight thirty with a cup of coffee, which was not an unreasonable fear based on my mom's <laughs> personality. Well, because we'd be like, okay, don't come over in the morning, and then she would come over in the morning. Yeah, and she'd have like spats on and a cane and a top hat, and she'd be doing like a a, a Bing Crosby number um and she's deaf so it really was a little bit off but um but so we had this big conversation with my mom where we were like no i didn't have it i did but i threw where it was it was i call it the the throwing on the butt uh natasha under the bus symposium where i was like (laughs) natasha's a little worried that you know now that you're moving so close that you'll be here too much so it's just we want to make sure that there i made these like really clear boundaries now my mom doesn't take things as personally as i'm assuming yours does based on the last name um and she she but here's what happened she doesn't ever come over now like she feels like really cons- now that might be a sweet wait is that what happened yes 100 percent. she's like so worried about um stepping on your toes that she doesn't uh, she really doesn't come over and now i have to always she comes in- over when i invite her she only comes when invited which is not a bad thing i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm saying i just always thought she liked her house better i'm sure she likes her house better but she would love to spend time with her little boy don't you think? But you go see her all the time. I'm not complaining. I'm just letting you know what happened. But I, how would Wait, your now mom? Now I feel bad. Well, there you go. Mission accomplished. Sorry to bring this all back up, guys. What would happen if you said to your mom, hey, now that you're moving, I just want to have a conversation about like boundaries and how often we see each other because I've got my own life going. Well, how would that conversation go? I think she would probably hear it, but also it would make her really sad. And I would then like get that every time we're hanging out or anytime we talk. Like, so I feel like she'd being, get over it though, because it's more important for her to be around her f- 
precious bubula <laughs> then you. you're the precious bubula then to not i so she'll get over it i always think back to this um dan savage article that i once read where somebody was talking about family tension and the holidays and he's like what do i do because when we go to the holidays we're around my my parents or maybe it was his in-laws and it's always tense and it's always weird then we stay there and i feel trapped and claustrophobic and dan savage was like you just need to um to say before you get there we're going to be staying at a hotel and the family will react terribly they will they will react terribly they will make you feel guilty they my will... mom reacted really badly when yeah. it, but she also didn't want us to stay at her place so so they react terribly they'll make you feel guilty they'll say you don't love us you don't you think we're shit you you think we're awful but they'll react terribly once and then every subsequent holiday season from that point on, once you've established a precedent of we stay in hotels, they won't mention it again. So I think your strategy is get, is you start with the get ahead of it, the passive aggressive, try to get ahead of it. Oh, first Tuesday, tacos. Yay. We'll do a different restaurant in St. Louis. We'll, we'll go on a restaurant tour of St. Louis the second Tuesday of every month and we'll try every great restaurant in St. Louis. And then if that doesn't work, if you are noticing that mom is is encroaching on your space, then you do the the real conversation. Because you said you said you have a mom that could hear it, even though she'd be sad. She'd be sad for a while, but then eventually your relationship would probably be better because you have the the boundaries, rather than every time she comes over, you resent her and are like fucking mom's here again. That's what I think. True. Natasha. Yeah, it's just all practice and just making sure that, I mean, I, you also want to make sure she's not annoying your boyfriend so much that he doesn't want to eventually stay with you. So, you know, or, tell her to back off. Or if they get too close, he could, I mean, it's happened. He could leave her for you. I mean, yeah. Leave you for her. And she, because she True. seems to be honest, she's like a wild Arizona woman. She's coming to Missouri with all that crazy Arizona energy, that Lake Havasu topless sort of tanned lady energy. And yeah. I would watch your, your man, to be honest. Yeah. She, she's Mrs. Stelia man. She is Mrs. Stelia man. <laughs> all right. Have we helped you? I feel like we have. Yeah, very much. Yeah. You've given me a lot of clarity. So thank you guys for your advice. Booyah. We did it. All right. Another one bites the dust. Good luck out in Missouri. Thank you guys. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Wait, Moshe, I, I thought your mom was happy with the situation. She is. All I'm saying is that when we set a firm boundary, it was set so firmly that um, that sometimes I'm like, I, I feel like, oh, she doesn't she doesn't feel comfortable like saying, hey, can I come over? She ha she's waiting for me to invite her, which might be probably is very positive. But you forget things, so you're not the best person to be inviting her over. So should I be inviting her over? M maybe maybe if you'd like, if you if you are so moved. I think you should. All right. We've really had a breakthrough. Well, uh, I have to go prepare to have your mom over. Well, I, all <laughs> I was saying, I was just helping Lucy no, with I'm her situation. <laughs> no, I like it. Um, we have another caller, by oh, the yeah. way. Oh, yeah. Are we doing a call? Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You know, I signed up for some subscription thing the other day, and then I went to Siri to like remind me in a month to cancel it, and then I remembered... Rocket Money. Rocket Money can do it for me. Yeah, I love Rocket Money. People have been talking about this. I've been telling people about it. It's such a great way to not waste your money. It's a new year and you should get with the fiscal responsibility that you know you've been negligent about. And Rocket Money is an unbelievable tool for that. You ever feel like money's just like flying out of your account and you don't even know where it's going? It's subscriptions. Think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, parenting apps, it's endless. I, I do this. When I've done this. When are we just going to go crazy? I, I feel crazy now, but I found Rocket Money and they brought me back to sanity. They help you find what subscriptions you're actually spending money on, which ones you're using. It really helps. And when I used it, it was so eye-opening. I had them cancel the ones that I didn't want anymore. I started saving money immediately. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped its members save an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. That's rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. Start your new year right. Rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. What if she's supposed to be good at math and I don't know how to do math? Well, and I'm not like modeling that. I mean, 
I don't think that her destiny lies in numbers. <laughs> I'm not getting a beautiful mind vibes from her. But <laughs> but when she gets up on stage and she just shuts down. I mean, if I think, she were going to have like, I remember my first time on stage, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm here's my loving audience. Was it in kindergarten? No, probably like fourth grade. All I'm saying is. So kindergarten's young. <laughs> yeah, Natasha, kindergarten's young. It's the youngest one. Yeah. You just find that out? No, there was TK. Right, but it's the youngest one of the grades. It's like a classic. I know. I'm just saying. Do you know that? I'm just saying in the in the grand scheme of things. Do you know that? In the timeline that is her life. Yes. Do you know that seniors are the are the oldest kids in school? I just don't know when your interests come. Well, she might be. She might have burgeoning interests now. But you know that whole idea in parenting where you're supposed to be a shepherd. Mm. You're just supposed to lead them where they're going. You're not. You're not supposed to tell them where to go. You just sort of, you know, you but you have them. so much control over that. Like I decide that she does piano and I decide that she goes to gymnastics. I could just as much decide she did something else. Can I be honest with you? I know what her interest is. And she told me she was scared to tell you. Because Don't she, say DJ. It's not. Don't DJing. say it. It's not. She told she was scared to tell you because of all the pressure that you were putting on her to be in the performing arts. I do not even want her to be in the performing arts. And, well, that's not what she told me. And she told me what her passion is. And she's not. She's uncomfortable telling you. What is it? Bodybuilding. <laughs> I'm serious. Competitive bodybuilding. She wants to be the youngest uh, Miss Universe. Oh my God. That would be a nightmare. Can you imagine? She's like, I decided. <laughs> it's I beauty know. pageant and mixed with like hurting yourself with weights. And steroids. And steroids. <laughs> yeah. And over tanning and grease. <laughs> I mean, how fucking crazy would it be if she's like, I did. I found my destiny and it is in the world of competitive bodybuilding. What were you just telling me in soccer that they would when they're like. 10 years old they start put didn't david beckham but get put in a oh i class was saying when he was in, like eight in england the the soccer clubs apparently based on this david beckham documentary they'll sign the the prodigy soccer prodigies when they're like nine ten years old and they'll they'll join the so team. we got five years left to find out what her passion is oh well maybe it's brazilian jiu-jitsu <laughs> i'm about to sign her up for a class all right i'm a tiger mom i get it you're a you think you're a tiger mom <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think that's true honey I think you're a little too busy with your own career to be a tiger mom. No, but I'm like a tiger mom in the sense that I obsess about my child in my head. I just think about her like That's potential. That's not what a tiger mom is. A tiger mom like, like no, a tiger mom propels drill- them into excellence. A tiger mom drills the child into, uh, yes, into excellence, into performance, into you. But like, not yeah, performing t- arts. Here's what a tiger mom would do. Okay, yes. she would have taken our child after she didn't sing and and say you cannot ever. <laughs> not sing in a recital you must perform you must be excellent right what you do instead is come onto your podcast and make fun of her you are not a tiger mom you're a bad mom (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding you're a great mom honey you are and 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 it's such a i think what people who don't have kids maybe don't understand is like these little moments their heart breaks not because of the circumstances but because they have all these um implications yes because she did the same thing with the dancing one you think we got to the dancing one and then she didn't dance and just sat there and then i was like well singing she knows the song she's so verbal she's gonna sing and then she didn't sing but what i have come to understand or believe anyway about these implications is that 90 percent of them or more are implications that you superimpose on them not because of what they're doing but because of what your childhood was like i know that for me like when i see her not being able to pay attention I go back into my own childhood where I was like all fucked up and school was a nightmare and a chore and I was getting tested for ADD and like it's all about me like applying my trauma onto extremely innocent behavior and I think that's what this is. Like she didn't sing in a fucking Christmas. Isn't that like the most classic thing in the world? Now if she had been picking her nose and eating it, how would you be feeling right now? I would tell her. You would. I have already told her. I said, You're a tiger mom when it comes to boogers. I, yes. I, I've told her before. I'm always like, do you need a Kleenex? Or I'll be like, uh, you know you can't. It's very unhealthy if you ever eat your snot. It's very unhealthy. Yeah. And I That's said, cool. and, and if I lie. see you do it, I'm, I'm going to have to take you to the doctor because it'll, it's, it's, it's un. This is why I don't like lying. Sanitary. That's what I said. I said it's un- it is unsanitary. That's true, that's true. But take and I told to the her doctor. if she keeps doing it, maybe there's something wrong with her. Oh, my God. Natasha, <laughs> that is not the way. I'm well, sure it made her not do it. And I bet you if that kid. 
It's also not the way to be picking your nose and eating it at a holiday recital. That is true. That is not the way. That is not in the holiday spirit. <laughs> you know what they always say? A booger ain't no sugar plum. That's a classic. Ew. All, All right. right. We got another caller. We got Sam calling in from Canada. Oh, Canada. That's not oh. how the song goes in any way. Yes, it does. No, it goes, oh, Canada. Oh, this is the Joni Mitchell version. Uh, sorry, Moshe, not the patriotic version, but also... Of the national anthem of Canada? It's. I was just singing, you know, the, the cooler, oh, Canada. Sam, will you sing the entirety of the <laughs> Canadian national anthem no real quick before we start? No one asked me to sing that. <laughs> Hi, Sam. <laughs> hey. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. You know, we were uh, speaking of our our kid and recitals. I I don't know what it's like, Sam. I assume it's different in Canada. But w- our child um, does the the national anthem and the uh, pledge of allegiance every day. And when I found that Ooh. out, I was sh- I was shocked. I was appalled, shocked, and I realized I went to a communist public school system. I never did that growing up. Anyway, Sam, they don't do that in Canada, do they? Do they make you pledge allegiance? You used to have to sing the national anthem. That was a thing. I don't know if you have to do that anymore. Right. But you like pledge allegiance to maple syrup or something like that. Yeah, something okay. like that. Sam, I how... went to a Catholic school, so it oh. was quite terrifying. Yeah, there you go. There were worse things happening. Yeah. Sam, what's up? How can we help? So uh, I've got a very hot, smart uh, doctor girlfriend who um, I love very much, but we don't live together. And her house uh, looks like it belongs to a college bro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. we, we are both working, we both work in healthcare and we're both busy. And I completely understand why like she doesn't prioritize her space, but um, there's, you know, like crumbs in the bed and Ooh. crusty ass kitchen. First of all, ground rule, ground rule, no eating in bed. That is a ground rule <laughs> for a slob. Some nice, neat ladies deserve to eat in bed, but she's not one of them. And Moshe, you're not one of them. I'm, I'm so not a sorry. nice, neat lady at all. And <laughs> it is true that no Na- eating in bed. Natasha has made a rule in our in our house, no a no eating in bed rule. And I and I I. I adhere to it most of the time. He eats candy in bed still, but because well, candy, at least it's harder to have. I don't crackers. But no, no, no. My candy, Sam. <laughs> just so you know, my candy is gummy candy, and and I don't get to do um, sour gummy candy in bed. It's only like smooth. That's a good bed snack. Like a Butterfinger in bed. We're gonna. That's a no right there. That's a, that's a, that's a big no. Um, okay. Uh, what do you do? Are you're a nurse? Um, I'm becoming a social worker. A social worker. So you're not because what I wanted from you. This would be easy if you were like a bit of a loser, you know, like unfortunately social work requires like all of your heart and soul and mind. But like if you were like a bum, that'd be, it'd be this would be so easy. It'd be like, well, you Ooh. you're with a doctor. So suck it up and and tidy up because you got you lucked out in the in the uh, the lottery and clean up after the doctor. But a social worker, that's just as important as a doctor in some ways. And you can't do all the work either. Hmm. Well, you guys no. definitely need to pool your resources to have a house cleaner Mm. come once a week and which i absolutely would if i wasn't in school and had a proper income right now you don't live together we don't live together i see and and your girlfriend is uh is a doctor meaning she probably can afford a housekeeper (laughs) is that correct uh she is still she is finishing her residency so soon yes can you guys stay at your house more so um, I'm married and I live with my partner who so, I am married to. So this is so your, your, po- your, po- your poly partner has crumbs in the bed. <laughs> suck it, <laughs> suck it up, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Count your blessings. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that is so funny to be like in this awesome situation where you're like, well, Every other Tuesday, I get to make love to a doctor, but unfortunately, it's a little bit—it's a little bit messy over there. I mean, okay, no, no, uh, I think that's fine because they're your partner, and and therefore you you want from them what you would want from any partner, right? Have you had a conversation with her about the mess? I haven't, and honestly, I could live with it um, up until a point, but. 
she's also recently started um, constructing these uh, these dolls where I think it's her way of releasing some tension after work where she will um, meld like the head of a Barbie to a troll. <laughs> so her house is now like full of like doll bits and things but it's just like getting to be a lot okay this is is, by the way definitely a bro's dorm room not i didn't see it at first (laughs) but now that you say that there's doll bits everywhere yes i'm thinking bro's dorm room um and so this uh this woman of yours she doesn't have a partner are you her only partner she does have a partner, but they don't live together and they, they are not going to live together. Okay. So it's really her space. So this is her is space. And I think that maybe you could ask her. I'm Obviously, you think she's super hot, so you don't want to like, you know. Rock the boat too hard. But you could <laughs> ask her if you guys could have your own safe sex space, whatever you guys are doing. But like one one space that's like a little like clean that doesn't have doll part. Like maybe it's the bedroom mm. and maybe you help her keep it neat and if it's just one space i mean would that make you feel it sounds like you're just kind of like down to just have sex with each other (laughs) once every you know so it's like as long as you have i like that idea um the clean like if i had that like if i was like okay moshe the bedroom bedroom like no socks it's our it's our space to hang out we can watch tv in there we can like light a candle we can just make it no doll parts no crumbs (laughs) right you no know. doll parts. No. I think that's really wise advice because it doesn't. Let's say, get some really cool sheets. Let's. I'll help you. I'll help you keep it clean. Clearly, your this woman exerc- is is sloppy, obviously, but also probably part of her process as a person is to is to you know explode. You know, probably her residency is so stressful for her that when she gets home, she wants her house to be this like wild explosion and and uh, and you have to kind of like accept that that's who she is but i think it's okay and i think that's really smart natasha to say i don't want to judge your whole thing that's not i get it you got doll stuff mm-hmm. you got all this but the could we make a thing where and using all positive language where the bedroom becomes our like our special space so that we can and i'll help you make it that way i'll help you clean i'll make it i'll i'll, I'll make the bed you could help you. her set the precedent of how how mm-hmm. it could be <laughs> yeah because i could that's say that's the tricky thing is we're only together once a week and so i don't want her to have to maintain this thing all i mean time. it'd probably be good for her uh, yeah, it probably would. And uh, to be honest, Natasha... You could get room spray. Some of Natasha's um, proclamations about tidiness, specifically around like eating in the bed and things like that, these are things that I had on... And I bet this is true with your partner. I had never even really thought about before. She They started to bother her. She started to bring them up, and I was like, I guess actually... Yeah, that makes sense. I could see it wasn't comfortable. I wasn't like, oh, cool. You think I'm like kind of gross, but <laughs> but it it made me go, oh, I see. Another person is in my space. I live with another person now. I get it. And you're in a different position because it's just once a week. So that's where I think honestly, you come in, where you say, let's start our date with I'll come in and we'll just t- we'll tidy up the the room or whatever. I mean, that's the problem. Like, I, that's why it's hard for me to imagine being in a poly relationship because I feel like to get Moshe where I want him, I have to whittle like every day. It's a full-time job. <laughs> it's just like, he used to like, Absolutely. I mean, like now there's so many things. Like you wear headphones. Like that was a big thing. Like he would stay up and watch things and I would just deal with it. And then you're like, oh wait, no, I could have this work for me and work for him. And you know, it's like a slow process constantly. So right, and like Natasha's sexually frigid and has been for many years, and so slowly we've been working on that, on 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 um, melting that iceberg. Just kidding, <laughs> Natasha's a sexual animal, but yeah, it, it, that is the challenge of polyamory, isn't it? Is that the ch- you think of it as this like wonderland of like getting laid, but in fact you're dealing with relationship issues with like multiple people with boundaries too. Like you can't, you don't really have the right to say something in this like poly thing as much do. as you do. I, I think right. you do, right? Uh, right, Sam? You would know more than us. Yes. I mean, we've been together for almost three years. So I think the conversation just 
hasn't come up yet. But to your point, Natasha, my partner, we've been together for 15 years and I, it is, it is a slow slog of whittling down everything that he does that disgusts Break, me. Breaking so, like, him down. It's real. T- sapping his life force, snapping him like a twig until he is just a pile of sticks that you can then set on fire. It's almost like our new dog, how he wants to like bite everyone in the butt to uh-huh. hurt them. You're yeah, like you hurting them, them to- towards something. But I just had like a, a, a revelation. It's like when you're in a poly relationship, especially one where you're not like full-time dating the other person it takes long probably this is just a guess it takes longer to reach your saturation point where conversations like this are necessary it's like your relationship is being meted out over a weekly appointment and so you finally are at the point where you've been with her long enough and you've seen her often enough where the thing it's not just all love and 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 endorphins now it's like okay the reality of being in a relationship with this person even an unusual uh, unorthodox relationship is hitting and i have to have a conversation it's the classic advice you and, just have to talk about it and doing yeah, doing one room doing one room and like you shouldn't be worried about her having to maintain one room in her house you know like it's not like you're asking her to overhaul her whole you know uh hot gluing trolls onto uh, in, uh, no. in Kanto figures or whatever she's doing. No, but this is real. If it wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't polyamory, and it was just you had a booty call, I would p- probably be like, um, I don't think this is your business. Like, go, just go there and get laid and take off. But if the idea is you are in a relationship with this woman, then this is a relationship issue. And 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 I think Natasha's advice is perfect. Like, let her be her weird doll making self, but say the bedroom specifically which makes a lot of sense that can be a space where i can be as i can be comfortable i have a question because i I don't have a lot of poly friends so don't you ever like when you're with this you get rid of your friends when they become poly right (laughs) no but wait here's what i'm curious about when you're with this doctor aren't aren't you ever like think you maybe love her more than the other person you live with all the time who's annoying (laughs) um it's just it's a different sort of relationship. I mean, I've been with my my husband for 15 years. We are like best pals. We love each other. It, we've developed something. And then, you know, the two of us sort of opened our relationship up and we have all sorts of different relationships and we meet new people and they come into our lives and bring us new things and stuff. So... No, is, not really. Every, Moshe, does, really. That, does that appeal to you, Moshe? First of all, I just want to say every man <laughs> wants uh, a partner to tell the, him that you're my best pal. I mean, that's all <laughs> anybody wants. I mean, you know. No, but I, isn't the idea with polyamory, I think, the basic, I think you're missing a basic fundamental principle of polyamory. The, I think the foundational principle of polyamory is love is not a finite resource. And you are able yes. to like love m- multiple people in multiple ways and it doesn't diminish the amount. I, I'm not saying it would work for me. I'm saying that's the, that is the principle. I can love her and him and it, neither of them take away from the other. Then why can't that also mean maybe, the, maybe your capacity for love is just very shallow? Wait, why? Because how maybe you Just, can't go deep. Because maybe if you went deep, you'd only be able to have one. Yeah. It's, well, there's, <laughs> Sam, I don't know. There's, Sam, is your capacity for love extremely too, shallow? Right? <laughs> <laughs> like maybe there's someone in uh, in your life, Natasha, that can fulfill you in a way and I don't just mean sexually but like fulfill something that Moshe just doesn't have an interest in. Sam that's all the time we have have, that's all the time we have for this call. (laughs) What the fuck are you doing Sam? I'm over here yes anding polyamory and you're trying to get her to go find somebody? (laughs) But then you're saying then it ends in sex too. No I think what I think what they're saying is like that, that in a polyamory framework tell me if you disagree Sam that it's not that you aren't getting a lot out of one partner. It's just that somebody else might have a thing that your uh, that your partner never had to offer you. Of it's course, somebody thing. else has a thing. Obviously, <laughs> there's someone who can like take take cut, th- pick up the slack for an area of the per- of your no, partner. More- but choosing to do it and go after it and be completely fulfilled. In ev- make sure that every single aspect of your partner is, I don't know, it just feels like ideal, I guess. But then polyamory also- feels ideal. <laughs> no, I'm just, well, it feels like a little too good to be true. Well, I think that I guess is kind of what I'm getting at. I think that that is, from what I understand, that is the fundamental misunderstanding from a, from a, 
uh, uh, a cis hat scumbag. No, no, it from from a cis hat scumbag like you, a bigot, a horrifying bigot like yourself, <laughs> Natasha, is that polyamory is uh, this is what we were just talking about. Polyamory is just like an, an orgy every night. Where as a, and it's just like nothing but carnal pleasure, and you're just like that's not what I'm saying. No, no, it's no, just I'm not, like obviously no, people are lacking in things. I'm not suggesting that you're saying that. I'm saying that people often, when they look from a mm. uh, from from a, um, a a more traditional perspective into polyamory, think, oh yeah, it's easy. You're just like sex, 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 sex. But actually, polyamorous people say no. It's like relationship, 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 and work, 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 work. It it actually requires in some ways more. Okay. Sam, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. But you still get to fuck two people. You do get to fuck two people, and that is a pretty nice little bit of cream on top. <laughs> You're like, I'm willing to deal with two to three people's shit so that I can have some a little bit of variety. In fact, one has a penis. Yeah. I one mean, has a vagina. Men are from that's Mars. That's why it started for us was when, when we decided that we were going to spend our lives together, I said, that's great, and I love you, but you have a penis, and I don't only want a penis mm. for the rest of my life, so let's figure out how to do that. Yeah, when it comes to that, to, to sexuality, uh, sexual orientation, it almost seems like if you're, if you're bi or, po- or, or uh, what's the other thing that's not bi but is bi? What's that called? Uh, like pan or pan right yeah that where you go and you go into a a traditional relationship then you just take that part of your sexuality you're you're expected to take that part of your sexuality and just go like i won't ever that'll be gone now and that does in a way seem like an unfair proposition in that polyamory can solve or whatever i guess i don't have that issue and i wish uh that there was a a fundamental fundamental real existential reason that i should convince natasha that we should open (laughs) things up listen the only thing i'm looking for in a poly relationship is a guy who's like a neat freak yeah she just wants a man to come over (laughs) and clean the house (laughs) i want him to like be really anal about the dishes he never leaves a sock on the floor he'll have like germ issues oh that's a very funny (laughs) idea that you went into polyamory just to find like an anal retentive man (laughs) who doesn't leave his shit everywhere honestly it sounds like the two of you should date sam if you're looking for a third i think natasha will keep the house very clean for you all right well hopefully we've helped let us know how it goes and uh thanks for filling me in on all things poly you bet thank you sam well that was fun that was that's an interesting idea that that in a polyamorous relationship especially when you're not dating both people full-time the timeline is stretched so that the thing that would annoy you takes three years. Whereas right. in, a, in a full-time relationship with someone, you'd get to that annoyance. You're uh, gnawing at them all the time. Boiling point in like <laughs> months. Yeah, that's very interesting. All right. Well, if something's gnawing at you, maybe you've got a deep, dark secret. Give us a call at 213-222-8608. And if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast like Sam, give us an email. Give us an email. Give Go us- ahead and give us an email. EndlessHoneymoonPod at gmail.com. We can get you on the podcast. We'd love to have you. Also, don't forget about our Patreon. We have quarterly dinner parties. I've been in the art factory like Andy Warhol making art with my daughter for all of our supporters. And it comes framed. You're also going to get one of my books, one of Moshe's books, yeah. and ad-free episodes. You get our books if you're at a certain tier. Let me just say that. If not, if you're not at that tier, that's okay. You can order. The pre- aspirational tier, we that's call right. it. You can pre-order my book. You can order Natasha's book. You can come see us live doing stand-up. I'm going on book tour, by the way. I'm going to be coming to a bunch of different cities. I'm going to be in Los Angeles, Austin, San Francisco, D.C., New York, and Portland. If you live there, you can come see me live. And if not, you can pre-order a book. And I have an uh, online book event happening February 26th. I believe it's February 26th. I'll have more information about that soon. Natasha, even though we're not Polly, I love you. I don't get to do my dates? Of course. Of course. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone who came to see me in Denver, Salt Lake City, and I forgot the other places I was at. Oh, yeah, San Diego. That was so fun, and um, maybe I'll book some more shows soon. Okay. Sorry, that was an important plug. (laughs) That was. That was significant. Uh, (laughs) Natasha, you're a great performer, a great mother, and a great wife, and I love you. I love you, too.